BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 20th Century Studios presents Vacation Friends 2, only on Hulu, Friday. Look at us, all together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Shots, shots, shots! This Friday. He was just released from jail. Where can I get a drink around here? Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord nice. I'm sorry, drug lord nice? With more baggage. Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing vacation into total chaos. Who does that? Vacation Friends 2, rated R. Streaming only on Hulu, Friday. Bedrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. All right, we're back on Thompson to Clark after... Pretty frustrating week of Giants baseball, I guess, would, would be the right way to say it. Yeah, frustrating, angry, <laughs> crappy. I don't know. It's just, man, you walk away from this week and you're like, what were we, two and five? Yeah. Could have, it could have been five and two. Could have yeah. been six and one. Yeah. I mean, just re- yeah. I don't know. Well, well I think, you know, if, if anybody, I'll, I'll, I'll share the slate again here. We're going to go over the good, the bad, and the ugly from this week, and I think it's a, a pretty good week to do so because it's easy to bag on this team this week in particular. And I, you know, I've had this thing about them not beating the teams that they should beat, and so you can imagine how frustrated I was <laughs> losing two of three at home to the Reds. Yeah, poor Bry, he went to two of the games. And it was the two games that they lost. <laughs> yeah, he's net. We are not allowed, Bry, to go to any more games unless it's a go to the Dodger games in yeah. Dodger Stadium. Yeah. 
because uh, you have a home team curse now, so <laughs> I'm going to go there. But but what basically what you just said a couple of seconds ago about what their record could have been this week. Now I don't know the 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 I forget the the starter for for the Reds on, on Friday. He was kind of dealing, and and they didn't really have that many good shots at him. So they probably lose that game. They definitely lose yeah. Sunday. Mm-hmm. But those Braves games. You know, we, we were kind of joking because every time we record when they play, they win. And so they, they won that tu- that Tuesday game when we last recorded our episode. And then Wednesday, they're leading going into the ninth inning. And here we are thinking like, oh, man, they're about to go on a run. You know, they, you can if you can beat Atlanta in Atlanta, it's just going to kickstart all of these nice things. And they didn't hold the lead. And that kind of killed the rest of the week for them, but we're going to get into all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We have other stuff that we're going to talk about as well. Uh, the uh, we'll do the player of the week. We'll do a little bit of a minors update. Brad and I are following two players uh, in the giants minor league system each and updating them, you know, every few weeks, every, every month or so. So we'll get to that at the end. Was there any real news this week? Usually, uh, usually, on Monday, they kind of the team throws out an update, and it's like, oh, here's here's the situation with the injuries. And I guess the the real news is, is probably Beecraw, uh, Brandon Crawford getting hurt, which really, and he's he just not even having a great defensive season for him, but it really like their their uh, their infield defense is just all out of whack. Yeah. Like they're like w- with having to move Tyro to play short and having. Donnie Walton of all people having to be the backup shortstop. Like it is, it is not a good look for this defense. And it really shows you the value of Brandon Crawford, who we've, you know, he's been the starting shortstop since 2011. And so, man, just a a few games with this guy not being there and everything goes to hell. Yeah. And uh, this is what, this is what you do to yourself though. When you, when you create a team that's going to score runs, hit home runs. uh, But who cares if you have somebody who's a a set position player uh, other than Brandon Crawford and Brandon belt, Evan Longoria. uh, I mean, other than that, it's kind of like, we'll kind of put people where they go on the infield. And if somebody gets hurt, we've got, 87 guys that can play second base. We have 27 guys who can play third base. It's like, well, yeah, but not great. Not, not great infielders, but we'll just stick them there. And, and then <laughs> if they give up two runs, then, then we'll score uh, seven runs in the next couple of innings. Well, they're not doing that. So if you mm-hmm. don't do that, your formula kind of goes out the window. It's, it's bad math. Um, I hate math to begin with, but uh, <laughs> and just, you know, bad math all around when you look at it that way. Yeah, so you know when it comes to, you know, there, there's another thing. So, so I don't know where you stand on this, but uh, Andrew Baggerly, he wrote a piece basically saying that, you know, the team is generally a good team, right? They're still, they're yeah. still several games above 500. They're still in the mix for the wild card. They're not a bad team, but the attendance is lower than it was in 2019 when they were not a very good team. And his, like, this is a hypothesis. He's not saying that this is exactly what's happening, but he's kind of wondering that they were sort of conservative on the free agent market this year. And what they may have been 
backing and what they may have had sort of maybe even taken for granted is that, you know, this is a good fan base. Like they understand they're smart. They understand winning baseball. Um, no Buster Posey from a star power perspective that takes a hit. Brandon Crawford and Brandon Belt are still very popular players. Brandon Belt a little bit more polarizing to the fan base, but not at that Buster level. So there's also this sort of lack of star player out there who, who who's not there. And we we've talked about this before, or I, I'm not sure if I talked about it here or because uh, I was also on uh, Giant Cocktails podcast with right. uh, w- with Matthew as Ben, his brother Ben was uh, out of town, and we were kind of talking about like, you know, who who do you go out and See, well, we thought it was going to be Joey Bart. Turned out to not be Joey Bart. And so, yeah, like, like you know, if you're a casual Giants fan, who are you going to the park to watch these days? For me, if I say I answer that question for myself, I'm definitely going on a web or, or Radon start, like no matter what, because those guys are dealing. But offensively, I don't know. Is it Darren Ruff? Is it? Uh, baby Yaz, he's not been the Yasmanian devil, so I've pulled that nickname away for him until he gets hot again. <laughs> he's back to Baby Yaz, and we'll go through some numbers yes. there. But like, who who would you go? You know, if you if you were just like, you know, who, who who's there to see? Well, you, you know, as you and I are the hardcore Giants fans, so that that's a harder question for baseball us. is the sell for <laughs> us. That that's it. I, yeah. I, you know, the Giants putting up numbers, putting up offense. Uh, like they did on Saturday. What do they score? Nine runs on Saturday. So we're going to see that because we know this team can do that. We're not going to see Yaz hit two home runs because he's not going to. We're not going to see Slater, you know, go four for four because he's not going to. Yeah, you're right. We're not going to see uh, any particular offensive player. We're we're just going to watch baseball, but as the middle fan, uh, and and again, Bags was talking about it in his article. He said, you know, hey, the the, the fan base was there until the end. Uh, yeah. uh, they were rowdy till the end. But you know why? And he didn't mention this as in the article. As I'm reading, it, I'm going, well, yeah, because a family of four goes to the ballpark and you're out like five to 600 bucks. <laughs> so you're not going to leave in the seventh inning. You're going to mm-hmm. kind of hang out until the end of the ball game. No matter what, it's a beautiful sunny Sunday afternoon. Yeah. You're going to hang out and then you're going to go get some dinner and make your way home. Um, but the, but the, the, just the regular fan, I, I think they're coming to see the opposing teams. Um, there wasn't a huge draw to see the Reds when the Dodgers come into town. They fill the ballpark. Yeah, those bleachers, man. It's like it's like yeah. the Dodger fans go, "Hey guys, we're just gonna buy out the bleachers." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they've done that for a few years. And you know, hey, good on them. They're yeah. they're selling tickets. It's a sellout. It's a fun atmosphere. Dodgers come in. All the Dodger fans come in. They can watch their team get swept by the Giants. Exactly. Like they did. Come on in and see it every time. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I I couldn't even tell you. And, but but when you look at the minors, and we're going to talk about some minor stuff later. Yeah. When you look at the minors, when an Elliot Ramos comes up, everybody goes, "Ooh, I got to get the ballpark." Ramos yeah. is playing. I, I've even heard you say it. I've heard Brian say it. Oh, oh, Ramos is coming up this weekend. Maybe we should hop out there to the ballpark yeah. because it's, it, you know, it's a draw. It's an excitement. What happens when Kyle Harrison comes up? What happens when, uh, you know, Sean Jelly starts to kind of really come into his own in the majors and, and he's making a start. Oh, we got to go see him. He's starting today and he's good. You know, he's up to seven or eight innings, uh, six, seven, eight innings. We can see him throw and, and strike out, you know, maybe eight or nine guys. Um, 
Yeah. Other than that, it, it's kind of like, you're just going to the ballpark for the experience and thank goodness we have the ballpark, the ballpark for the experience because going to a giants game at Oracle park, uh, I've been to a lot of ballparks around the country. Um, not as many as most people, but I, I've been to quite a few. There's nothing like it, man. There, there's nothing like going on a, on a nice Saturday afternoon, Friday night, whatever it is, you go to the ballpark, you have yourself a good time. You're not going to watch, uh, Donnie Walton smack one up the middle to raise his average to 193. You're not going for that. <laughs> Donnie Walton is sorry to pick on him, but yeah. well, well, look, he, he's, I mean, he's, he's filling he well. in, he's filling yeah. in a, a spot which they need him to fill in. Now, when yeah. they have the full roster, he's, I don't know, I don't remember what his options are like, but he's not going to be uh, on the, on the big league team. He, he's a utility guy, right? He's, yeah. I'm trying to think of when's the last time we had such a soft hitting guy playing <laughs> a lot though. Cause man, that guy's a soft hitting uh, guy. Mike, Mike Benjamin. Maybe I was thinking of, uh, remember when, uh, the, the, the one year, gosh, this is going back like 15 years, maybe now, maybe not quite 15, but Brian Bocock who like oh, play gosh. above San Jose, but they <clears throat> needed him just cause he could field. And I was like, oof. That was brutal. And we need to get Brian this. Bocock. How about Joaquin the Dream Arias? You know, well, he's, he, had, he had a little bit of punch, but yeah, he, he was mostly he a did. defensive guy. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean that that those aren't the guys that you're running to the ballpark and you're like, I gotta get tickets for this weekend against Mike Fontenot. Yeah, Mike Fontenot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now you're now you're just pulling out the uh, all the all the Southern California long haired blonde guys going yeah. out and uh, you know hanging out at the beach and then coming to the ballpark and uh, you're hitting some soft grounders to third yeah. rolling over on some curveballs. All right. Before we get to our uh, good, the bad and the ugly, uh, let's talk about the player of the week here. Yeah. Because if you look at that player of the week list, there's some good players on that list and you go, Oh, you know, there's three legitimate candidates. Giants was had a good week. But it's almost like nobody else played well except for those three guys. Yeah, you know what? And hitting-wise, there were a bunch of carbon copies this week. You know, a lot of guys just kind of had similar similar weeks. Nothing outrageously fantastic. Um, not terrible. Um, but, yeah, let, let, let's look at the list. We've got um, coming in third, Evan Longoria hit three thirty three this week, four thirty five Woba. Two home runs, three ribs, six runs scored. Had a nice, fat thirteen point eight percent walk rate. That's that's pretty good. Um, and then Jock Peterson uh, ended up coming in in second place with thirty six point four percent of the vote, three eighteen average, four seventy two woba, three home runs, three RBI, all solo shots, three runs scored, twelve point. What about that muscle shot against Jan- uh, Kenley Jansen? Woo! Yeah, that that was nice. Yeah, and yeah. yeah Again, what was that? A seven-five ball game, yeah. so you knew a solo shot was coming, and we were going to lose by one mm-hmm. run. It's just kind of the way things have been going. Totally, yeah. So twelve point five percent K rate on the week. The winner this week, Webby Logan Webb, two starts, he had a two-start week, looked really, really good. Giants just couldn't, you know, Giants offense just couldn't get him the two wins. Ended up going one and zero with a point six nine microscopic ERA of two point eight two FIP. Uh, 13 innings. He had, uh, 
9K per nine, 1.38 walks per nine, and he is our player of the week. Look at that smile. (laughs) He's just always raring to go and have himself a good time. If uh, Richie Cunningham was a baseball player, (laughs) that's Logan Webb. Yeah, Potsy would just tell him to sit on it, right? No, it was sit on it, Potsy. Yeah, they would tell Potsy to sit on it. That's true. Um, Okay, so we're going to get to – there's some fantastic Logan Webb numbers that we're going to get to here in a second. Uh, But before that, let's talk about uh, what we are imbibing for this show. I'll start with mine because I'm I'm a little – off center from from normal yeah and 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 i have a little story to go with this so uh my wife uh gets a lot of headaches uh when when she drinks so you know we'll we'll take time away from from you know having some wine or whatever but it's sort of inconsistent so sometimes we'll be like oh yeah like feel fine like we can have a glass of wine and um and so we so we've been on a a nice run. We, we've we've had this. Uh, I think the the wine is, gosh. Now I I was trying to I was like mem- memorize the name. Yeah, Robert Mundavi. Robert uh-huh. Mundavi. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's it's inexpensive. It's not mm-hmm. just like the super crazy price. Um, and and they do a, a a whiskey barrel version as well, which is always great. So she, we found this little sweet spot of this wine and uh, I was so, so I checked in with her. I was like, so, you know, how are you feeling? You know, how, how's, uh, are you okay? No, no headaches. And she's like, nope. I was like, you know, because we can totally, we, we like to check in because it's almost like when you have kids and they want McDonald's every day and you're like, oh, no, yeah. Ma- McDonald's needs to be a treat. It can't be like just <laughs> normal lunch or dinner like then it just yeah. takes away the specialness of, of what mcdonald's is for for kids and so we sort of do the same thing with wine we're like okay, you know we don't have to drink we know we can kind of pull back and make sure that it's special make sure we're not doing too you know drinking a little bit too much and so we like to do that check-in and so she's like no i feel i feel fine and i was like okay like i'm good then you know if we want to you know no kids this week we can watch some tv and have some wine so i was like yeah you know we can we can drink a, a little bit more uh, this week. And so she goes to the store and she kind of comes in through the door and she kind of sneaks, but she's sneaking in a way that she wants me to see that she's sneaking. <laughs> and she turns the thing. Cause we usually just buy wine one bottle at a time, because if we have yeah. like a ton of wine, we're just going to drink a ton of wine. And yeah. so she kind of turns the little thing. She's got the six-pack carrier of Robert <laughs> Mundavi wine. And I was like, well, did we just have this conversation? She's like, yeah, but it was like all on sale. And I'm like, okay, you know, we're going to have to, can't we're going to have to, deal. yeah, can't pass a good deal, but we'll have to be disciplined on our own. Yeah. You know, we can't just go by the rule of, okay, if the wine bottle is out, then we're done. No, we're going to have to be a little bit more disciplined, but drinking wine is so much fun and, especially yeah. if you have a significant other who enjoys it. You can just literally just watch TV, goof around, have wine, and everyone feels fantastic. So Yeah, for sure. With, and my, with my cab of Robert. Look at that. The red, big meaty red on a hot summer day. Mm-hmm. Although your ears are a little bit cooler down. Yeah, it's only in the low 80s here, so not, not yeah, bad. We, 
we got 97 again. High today was 99. It's just, I mean, I got the AC on. I got the fan. I'm just, I'm wearing the light yellow, like almost see-through shirt because I'm dying today. So, yeah. So I went, I went a couple of ice cubes and our, our old friend, Uncle Nearest, our old buddy. Oh, wow. so, I haven't had Uncle Nearest in a while. Yeah. So I went for a slug of that. We were at uh, the in-laws yesterday and I had a couple of the, uh, um, Oh, I can't even remember what they're called now. The uh, uh, tequila and grapefruit zevia. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah, the, so, the, the Paloma, you called it. Palomas, yeah. The, the makeshift Palomas with a couple of limes in there. So I had those yesterday. And uh, so I thought today, you know, it's kind of a bourbon day. It's pretty hot. I've thrown a couple of ice cubes and uh, uh, cool things down. You know, another a good uh, red, too. I don't know if you guys have it down there. It's called Pacific Redwood. It's an organic hmm. cab. Um, it's called a North coast Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, Denise gets that because, uh, when she drinks red, she has a, a sulfur sensitivity. Mm. Uh, and there's a lot of sulfites in, uh, in red wine making, especially. So she drinks that and doesn't get the red face and oh, the wow. stuffiness okay. and everything. And so that's a good one. So, so maybe try that, um, you know, look that one up. stave off the headaches, but yeah, she really likes that one a lot. So imbibe yes yes so then that, now you get see i i was so happy with my wine and then i see you with your uncle nearest and i'm like <laughs> man i want some i want some whiskey okay well, so you know, let, let, there's always a it's always a reach away when the show's <laughs> over <laughs> there's no i in team but there is one in indeed and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours when you're hiring you need indeed Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. All right. So let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're not, I'm, I'm not going to just read all the goods and then all the bads and all the uglies. We're going to kind of yeah. mix them up here, but I do have them on a list. I sent Brad the list to get his feedback on it. Okay. So we'll, we'll start with the good. And I teased it with the Logan Webb stuff. Logan Webb and Carlos Radon, Radon are all stars flat yeah. out. They're all stars. Yeah. Now, will they make the all star team? Well, if Jock makes it, then maybe they can't get all three guys on the team. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But 
last 30 days, so the last month of the season, Webb has six starts, 38 and a, 38 and a third innings, 28 hits, 10 earned runs, 41 strikeouts, only eight walks, 2.35 ERA, 0.94 whip, um, 9.67 Ks per nine, 1.88 walks per nine. Uh, just fantastic. Just having, you know, because we had sort of talked about this earlier and we were, we were doing the, the game of, of uh, are you worried yet? And we had talked about Logan because he was, you know, he would have a few innings and then boom, give up like three runs and then he'd, he'd yeah. be fine. But he has really turned into uh, a number one, you know, and, and the Giants have the luxury and it's unfortunate that they're not doing more with this of having two number ones because Carlos Rodon last 30 days, five starts, 30 innings. So six innings a start. 17 hits he's only given up with 37 strikeouts and also just eight walks, four earned runs, 1.20 ERA in the last month, one or 0.159 batting average against. So if you were to look at those two guys and not know anything else about the Giants, you'd be like, wow, they're starting staff. It's got to be tremendous, right? This is like... (laughs) Maddox and 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 Glavin, you know, yeah. Uh, but we did, we just don't have the the Smoltz and Avery piece of that because after those guys, uh, it, it gets a little bit shaky. Uh, we were talking. I was like, I think last week I was talking. Oh, Alex Wood's been consistent. No, I was absolutely one hundred percent wrong. He's been consistently bad. Is, yeah. is what he's been. <laughs> uh, Alex Cobb, he has those uh, flashes. But then he also gives up like these laser beams. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens when, when Junis comes back. But uh, Disco, you know, two starts back in it. He has looked every bit of below average. And you kind of wonder what they think about that three-year contract they signed him to. I'm sure they believe that he's going to get back to whatever they, they feel is, is who he really is. But, man, you know. What, what they sort of believed the back half of the rotation was going to be. And we've talked about it. It's not about 30 starts a pitcher. It's about 162 starts for the whole rotation. Uh, and getting through three through five and getting back to web has been really rough for them. Yeah. Can I, can we still use the excuse of not much spring training? No, it's June. We can't, it's almost July. So, so really, I think you can, I think, I think you can yeah, to an extent a little bit because Baggerly was talking about uh, Crawford and, and, and Crawford's main takeaway from the difference between this season and last season is the fact that they didn't have prep time. And so right. I don't know what that means. Like these are athletes who condition themselves pretty much all year long. So I don't know exactly what he missed out on, like some of the smaller things that maybe fine tune his skills, but you know, that that's part of it. The, the problem with that excuse though, is like that for every team, right? Yeah, exactly. It is like that for every team. But I mean, when you look up and down the majors, 
Giants pitching staff is, and again, because of Webb and Rodon, Giants pitching staff is, is, is pretty average, above average. I'd say, well, I don't know. I don't want to look at the numbers. I just want to pretend like they're average or above average. <laughs> um, let's go with that. Um, but, you know, when you look up and down the majors, it's just kind of the way it is right now. Um, but yeah, there, I mean, cause the other thing too, is you look at, you look at Cobb. Yeah. Cause I'm looking at the starters here. You look at Cobb, you look at this De Sclafani, both of them. I mean, Cobb's got 46 innings pitched. De Sclafani's got 19 innings pitched. Jacob Junis has 38 innings pitched. Uh, Giants said at the beginning of the season, they're going to need a lot of pitchers to get through the season. Um, but we just don't have anybody right now of those three guys. You know, Junis is hurt. Cobb was hurt. De Scalfani was hurt. We don't have any of those three guys with the consistency, the start after start after start after start, then getting hurt and then saying, okay, you know, I'm going to miss a start and I'm going to come back. Oh, no, they're missing big time starts. They're missing yeah. a lot of starts. So there's just not that consistency. I mean, I can't even imagine knock on fake. No, that's real wood. Uh, I can't even imagine something happens to Webb or Rodone at this point because the, yeah. the team would be majorly screwed. And that's uh, probably we, why Kapler is pretty conservative with Rodone, right? Yeah. Like he's only yeah, averaged six sure. innings per start. And there have been, you know, look right when he gets to that hundred pitch count, it's like, okay, we're not messing around with this guy. Yeah. This is in Kane, Lincecum, Baumgartner, uh, 50, 50, Jonathan Sanchez, uh, Vogel song. Vogel song. I mean, it's, it's not that. It, it, yeah. It, it's, it's two guys. And then let's see what we've got after that. Um, will they come around? I don't know. Let's look at some of the numbers. Di Sclafani, his ground ball percentage is 43.7% right now in his 19 innings. That's pretty low. That's below Junis. Uh, but you know, it's actually above Carlos Rodon, but he's not, uh, you know, not as consistent with the strikeouts, although he is striking out eight per nine. Rodon is striking out, you know, leading the Giants with 11.36 per nine. Who's second on the Giants in strikeouts? That's Alex Cobb at 10.37 per nine. Um, so, you know, the strikeouts are there. The walks are pretty high for Alex Cobb at 2.74 per nine. Um, Alex Wood at 2.66 per nine. Um, eh. You know, there, there's really nothing in there that screams, hey, we're going to turn this around and things are going to look really good. Um, of course, this page locked up on me, but I wanted to look at FIP and I can still actually see it. So you look at Alex Cobb and we've talked about this before because he got tapped around in a couple of starts. Mm-hmm. 5.48 ERA with a 3.21 whip. So he's still controlling things for the most part. Uh, Alex Wood, 5.05 ERA. FIP is 3.61. So it's magnified when you're not pitching well and your defense is wretched. I can say that because it's like dead last in the league. When your defense is, is wretched, then then what do you do? I mean, you, 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 you put the ball in play and you just pray that somebody's going to make a play on the ball. Uh, and I think that's kind of the, the situation the Giants are in right now, because uh, even when they're inducing the ground balls like they're supposed to, that's that's why the Giants signed a lot of these guys. That's what they preach. Ground ball, ground ball, ground ball. Keep it on the ground. Keep it out of the air, especially when you go to the home run ballparks. Uh, so if you're not if you're not making the plays behind the pitcher, 
then you just start to inflate that ARA. Runs come in to score, but the FIP looks really nice. The FIP always looks really pretty in the end, but it's just, it's just not telling the whole story right now. Yeah, so, you know, what do the Giants, what does their pitching staff do very well? They don't walk hitters. They, they, right. they force the other team to put the ball in play. You know what else they don't do? They don't give up home runs. They are the second best team in baseball at keeping the ball uh, in the yard for for uh, for 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 their uh, their opponents. So they do those things very well, and because of that, I think they're going to mostly stay. You know, they're they're going to stay in games, right? They're not they're they're going to be competitive, even if they're not striking at a ton of guys, which they don't. After Webb and Radone, they don't strike out anybody. Uh, from the starting staff, uh, Alex Cobb, when he pitches, but he's he's been sort of inconsistent. I think he will, as he pitches more, that will raise it up. But Wood, Desclafani, Junis, not big strikeout guys. The one thing, though, because they don't walk people and because they don't give up a lot of home runs, the one thing they did, they do give up are hits, and they are in the bottom 10 in the league when it comes to the opposing team's batting average. So... When the yeah. other team puts the ball in play and you have terrible defense, bad things happen. So yes. I, I, I would love to hear what they think about that because uh, if you look at the, the Yerminator who they picked up, <laughs> that is an offensive play. That is not a defensive yes. play, right? So the, it looks like they are staying with what they're doing but the effects of what they're doing so far has been very, very negative to the pitching staff. Um, and I don't know if you can change that mid-season, right? You probably can't. Now, no. one of the ways that you can change that is if you get a starter or a reliever or two who are high strikeout guys. And those guys are going to be yeah. at a premium, so you're going to give up a lot to get those guys. But, okay, so let, let's let's look at... We talked about the good, and we sort of focused on the bad, which I was going to focus on as well. So we kind of knocked two birds out with one stone. The ugly would have been, A, losing two out of three to the Reds, and B, Sunday. What the hell was Sunday's baseball game? That was like a high school, a bad high school baseball team who can't field the ball, and then when they do, they can't throw it, and then they're tracking down balls in the outfield, and then they slip, and they're giving up extra bases left and right, and then Brandon Belt throws behind the the reliever covering first base, and it just looks yeah. like the Keystone Cops. <laughs> you, you know, somebody needed to play music to some of those plays. It was disgusting. Uh, if You know what? If you were to tell – if somebody were to come up to me and say – and I've had this before. Yeah, I wear a Giants hat. Hey, how are they doing this season? I would say go watch the highlights from <laughs> Saturday's game. Yes. Then watch the highlights from Sunday's game. That's how the season's going. That's exactly how the season is going. It's sad to say, but it's this team could look like world beaters one day, and the next day they could look like they just stepped off the bus from rookie ball <laughs> and they walked out onto the field and they said, Oh, we're facing Nolan Ryan and you know whoever else, all the all stars from the '80s. Okay, let's uh, let's see what we can do. It, but it's the Cincinnati Reds, so then you're like, oh, 
it's 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 very frustrating to watch. But to to play off what you were saying earlier, yeah, what just just watch the highlights from Sunday's game, and and, and that's all you need to see. Bloop hits, uh, ground balls up the middle that should be play. Austin Slater doesn't misplay fly balls, but what does he do with two outs yesterday? Misplays a fly ball. We have a seven run third inning and the game is just blown open and it's out of reach at that point because also, so the giants team could be made for scratching and clawing back. And we saw that against the Braves on that nine 30 AM game. We saw them go down. What was it? Uh, five to one, six to one. They, they scratched and clawed back and lost seven to six. The problem is, a lot of times when the Giants get down 7 nothing, they're going to give up three or four more runs. So how many runs can your offense score and stay ahead of your defense that's going to botch a ground ball or botch a double play or not get to a bloop hit that should have been caught by an infielder? It's just, you know, it, it, it's hard to watch right now. And where do you point the finger? Do you point it at, at Zadie? It, it's hard to because he built a team that won 107 games last year. So you kind of have to you, you kind of have to believe in what he's doing. But sometimes in a science experiment, you throw together a formula and you go, "Well, that's not the same as it was <laughs> yesterday." So we kind of have to, you know, tweak this, tweak this, tweak this. Um, but yeah, I mean that that kind of comes into play with the whole. Here comes the trade deadline. Uh, is this team a buyer team or is this team a seller team right now? I, I would say it's a stand pat team and uh, eat your contracts. Cause you, you, you trade DeSclafani who's well, a, who's going to want him, Nobody. And, and who's going to want that contract. But if you do, you're going to get nothing in return. And then who's replacing them. So you're not a seller. You're, you're certainly not a seller with some no. of the contracts that they have. So I think they're a buyer. And I think they owe it to themselves to, you know, they, they've been patient, right? They, that That right. is kind of their game is they just sort of wait and see what happens. And then they jump on opportunities. I don't think they're going to make a Chris Bryant trade. You know, the, no. the, even, even though they could realistically, they could though. We'll talk about the minors sure. in a second, the minor league. I don't think the minor league, System is is seen as uh, as it was last year, just because some of the top prospects aren't doing as well. But there are opportunities for these relievers who, uh, you know, I, it just doesn't seem like it's a Zadie move. Or uh, Matthew on Giant Cocktails podcast, he pronounced it so much better than I do. Zaidi, I just want to say Zaidi, yeah. just because just because that's how it looks <laughs> yeah. like how it's supposed to say Zaidi. Yeah. Um, you know, he's not going to buy the or trade for the the tippy top arm that's going to cost him a top guy. It's just not what they do. But he could find I'm sure he could find a fringe guy. And I imagine that's what they're looking for. Right. Because and, and we'll get to this in a second. But you can't tell me that Jake McGee and Rogers are seven and eight guys anymore. I just don't no. buy it. I don't buy that they are seven and eight inning guys anymore. No. And that's and, 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 yeah. and that's part of the bad. Uh, you know, going back to the good, the bad, and the ugly. That is in my bad scenario, which is these guys who worked fantastically for you last year, they're not working fantastically for you this year. And we have three months of data now 
to say that. Though, if you look at the last 30 days, Trevor uh, uh, Rogers is not uh, Tyler Rogers' um, stats are not horrible. No, there, he's just he's just giving up, you know, hits, big hits in, in the worst times. If you look at Duvall, Duvall's the one whose numbers actually look a, a little worse than, than Rogers. But when you watch it, you wouldn't think so. Um, but I'm not convinced that he's the ninth inning guy, right? Like it seems so much better for the team that he actually throws the eighth inning. And then you have somebody like a, a, a Jensen or how is is Kimbrel dealing for the Dodgers? I don't even know, but I just feel like when you yeah, have he started a guy out hot, but it's kind of cooled off, but you know, whoever that, whoever that closer is, I still feel better with Duvall as an eight guy and have him, you know, maybe, maybe in three, two or three years, he's the man in the ninth, but I don't know the, the, that, that back end of the bullpen who can finish out games is, is not, I'm not confident in those guys right now. Yeah. And, and you've got a guy like Will Bednar or not Will Bednar, but Bednar's brother, um, David, I uh, can never David Bednar uh, out in Pittsburgh. He's going to be the hot commodity because the guy throws a hundred. He's mowing down. I mean, what, what does he get? Like eight save opportunities with the pirates, yeah. but you know, he, he's going to end up a closer for some team yeah. or you, you're going to get the rich getting richer and you're going to get somebody like the Braves to grab him as their sixth inning guy. And yeah. you know, it's yeah. kind of a waste of that, but the giants could use a guy like that. Yeah. You know, lengthen that bullpen. They've got Kervin Castro still in triple a. He's another guy. Do we start to take a look at him? Um, and, and I think, like you were saying earlier, too, we don't get that news like we get on Monday. And it's because we don't have a game today, so probably that, that's so That's so we'll get why. it tomorrow. Yeah, we'll get it tomorrow. So tomorrow we're going to get a lot of info. And guess what? Let me, stop me if you've heard this before. There's a bad team coming into town. And what does that mean anymore? I mean, the, Tigers are, <laughs> you know, the Tigers are coming into town after the Reds. We're looking at, oh, cool, we're going to go 6-0. and No, we're not. It's, you know, the Giants are going to keep playing Giants baseball right now, which is not the greatest band of, brand of baseball at, at the moment. Um, but uh, so, so tomorrow before the game, are we going to get this big, you know, this big list of, you know, Sammy Long sent down or this and that and this and that. And then we bring up Kervin Castro and, uh, you know, so-and-so and all these other guys start coming up. Um, you, you know, are we going to see a bullpen shift? No, that's not what this team does. So we, we are with these guys for right now, but for how long? Um, how much longer do you think Kapler can sit there and go, I'm going to I'm gonna run Jake McGee out there again? Yeah. Um, you know, but again, a blip on the radar because he came back from the from – the, phantom injury um you know where he pitched in triple a and was throwing lights out 95 96 on the gun uh and looked really good and then he came in in a 3-1 ball game and and i i know you said like who who was excited about that and and i was like (laughs) i was i was actually kind of excited i was like oh he's gonna come in and he's gonna you know show the old jake mcgee we're gonna get and then it just snowballed and i was like oh my god this is not happening um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been a frustrating, frustrating couple of weeks and usually we're super positive podcast, but right now I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, where's the positivity? I mean, cause here, here I am, you know, bashing our team when the, when the tigers are coming into town. So, oof. <laughs> um, so an, l- let's add another good here because, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's still some good stuff happening. Jock Peterson, he has been a very good player 
for the Giants this year. Mm-hmm. Now, so, so there's some streakiness going on, right? He he, he can be very streaky at, at some points. He can go on a barrage of, you know, hitting just, you know, these mammoth home run shots. And then, you know, he goes and strikes out and then they bench him against lefties. And that yeah. that's going to happen. You know, we're going to we'll, we'll we'll deal with that throughout the uh, the entire season with him. But overall, this guy is he's he's just been uh, the kick in the butt that they have they have needed offensively like imagine where they are without him offensively and this is a guy who they signed uh you know at, at, you know later in in the in the in the spring training or i guess lack of spring training or whatever before the season started he was a, a late guy right cuz they're chasing Suzuki they're chasing some of these other guys and Peterson's kind of the guy that they were just like okay like he he's he's gonna do some good stuff for us, but he wasn't our top top player that we really wanted. And yeah. man, where would they be without this guy? He's got 17 jacks. Now, to your point about a lot of these are solo shots, and that is not his fault as much as the people right. in front of him. Sure. 39 RBI, hitting 273, getting on base at a 35% clip, 580 slugging, and you know, 924 ops. Wow, what what a what a get for them, considering you know what what his price was. So good get. I I I think what's interesting about that is he's the kind of player that they already have, which is you know we we joked about this like all the DHs that they have on the team. Yet he has been able to kind of stand out because of his offensive explosion. You can go okay. You know, maybe he's not great defensively. Maybe we got to take him out and put in some defenders late in the game. Maybe against certain lefties he can't hit. But the overall production just is like, yeah, but he makes up for it because he's just killing the baseball uh, where where some of these other guys aren't. And, and we'll bring up those other guys here in a little bit. But I, I'm just 100% for Jock Peterson. He's been a positive. He seems like he – like. He's a very likable guy. He's been a good giant so far. He's pretty smart with the media. I, I've become a big fan of his when, you know, of course, when he was a dirty Dodger, I didn't like him at all. <laughs> no, nobody did. <laughs> no, we weren't allowed to. And even when he went to Atlanta with the pearls and stuff, I was like, ah, I hate that guy. Well, yeah, because yeah. he just came from the Dodgers <laughs> and went to the Cubs and then, you know, hate the Dodgers, hate the Cubs, hate the Braves. So uh, what do you do? But yeah, I mean, it, it, talk about, yeah, super big time bright spot. Um, I love his swings. Love to watch him hit. Uh, cringe when he's playing left field. Uh, fantastic on what was that Saturday? He made that play up against the wall uh, that Tommy Pham hit the ball all the way out to left field, up against the wall, and uh, and Jock Peterson makes the play. But it was it was like routine play for anybody else. But it was like you know dancing on roller skates for Jock Peterson out there in left field. Um, but quick quick side note. Uh, uh, I was just thinking, as you mentioned DHs again, um, let, let me know if any of this sounds like a, a bygone era, a forgotten era of baseball, but where's the giants 
And and again, these are rhetorical questions because it, they just don't exist anymore. But where's the Giants' leadoff hitter who can steal forty bases uh, <laughs> and and hit three ten uh, with two home runs on the season and play a phenomenal center field or second base? Where's the Giants' number two hitter who makes contact and doesn't strike out? Uh, where's the Giants' number three hitter who is your best hitter on the team, hits for average, hits for power? Where's your Where's the Giants' number four hitter who blasts the ball into McCovey? cove uh you know once a game they don't exist anymore that's just not baseball in 2022 um because i i still think about what what if a team put that together you know what i mean team put that together nowadays could could it survive could the team survive yeah they'd probably win a lot of ball games i'm sure um you know all of a sudden they 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 turn everybody they spend the whole game on its head by going is this 1986? What's going on out here? I'm not understanding this brand of baseball. I'm not understanding uh, guys who don't care about launch angles. But anyway, <laughs> it's a tangent side note. So, <laughs> okay, uh, let's go another bad. Um, mm-hmm. We talked about the defense already, kind of earlier. So we we don't have to double down there. Uh, baby Yaz. Mm-hmm. Now his last thirty games, you know, I'm just look. I, I like just slicing it up. Uh, could have done fifteen, could have done seven. MLB lets you slice the data up by that. Yeah, but I just looked thirty. Baby Yaz in his last thirty games, or last thirty days. Sorry, ninety five at bats, thirty six strikeouts. He is he is almost doubling the next highest guy, which would be Jock. Uh, Jock and actually Luis Gonzalez. On top of that, he's hitting 168 in the wow. last 30 days. And if you watch it, I don't think I saw that. Like, I, I see the home runs. I see, because uh, he's got four of those. Uh, he, he tries his butt off. He's very dependable outfielder. And that's why you can't take him out of the lineup, right? That that's the reason because the the rest of the defense is so bad that if you take Yaz out of the lineup, you're asking for trouble at that point. So I I don't know what that means because, you know, we were trying to tell, tell Brian, because he was asking us, he was like, <laughs> when was Mike Estremski good? And we were like, uh, 2020 bubble season. He was really good. And last fantastic. year, last year, not, not as great, but not, you know, he's still having an okay year. He's hitting, you know, 245 on, on the season. So not like the worst player in the league or anything, but I think we just expected him because this is kind of how it works, right? You, and he's been, He's been somebody who's just a grinder. He has, yeah. his, you know, he's played in the mind for so long, finally got a spot with, with that, that bubble season Giants and really played well. But what happens is, is that now teams plan around you when, when you're a good player. And so they planned around him last year. They were looking for his inadequacies, found a lot of them, and they're like, okay. And then what you expect is, is if he's a good player, if he's or maybe even better than good, he looks at those things that they adjusted to, and he improves on those adjustments. That's the piece that hasn't happened yet, at least, at least as far as I can tell. Maybe, 
you know, maybe to some degree it has, it's just not showing up, but that is something that I think we expected to happen. And because it hasn't because of the value that Kapler and Zadie have with him, because he still hits fairly high in the order. And I think he, you know, he needs a, a big second half or, you know, maybe the 2020 year was a little bit of a fluke and, and it's not who he really was. And, and we'll have to wait and see. And I'm rooting for the guy because I think the guy's oh, yeah. a really good story. Obviously, he's got the lineage with the family. He's been easy, easy to root for when you watch him play because I think he plays baseball uh, in, in a way that, uh, you know, we, we would say us old school guys would say he plays the right way. Right. He, he, yeah. he, you know, he does, he does some things really well. I just want to see the guy hit and he's, he's, he's struggling hitting. And, and that's what you get paid to do in baseball is hit. Well, it could be, you and I know this, we're dads. It could be he had a new baby in the off season, oh, so he's just not sleeping. No, I know. I'm sure. I'm sure they've got people for that. You know, to get up in the middle of the night, mom gets up, and and they probably have somebody to to keep Yaz to keep his sleep going because you know in his job he's he's making quite a bit of money, so they want to keep him well rested. But um, I don't know. I was just looking at you know what is it spot track, which we we love to look at. He's mm-hmm. making three point seven this year. He'll be 32 next year and his first season of arbitration eligibility. Uh, do you do you start to look around the all-star break of this year to say, can we can we cut ties with him? Can we trade him somewhere um, to a team that says, we'll take three years of arbitration eligibility from Yastrzemski. Cause I mean, from a 3.7 million this year, he'll probably bump up to five or six next year. So it's going to be a low salary. It's not going to be huge. Um, Lamont Wade juniors coming back, hopefully healthy. And, and by the way, he's got to come back before Saturday because Saturday is Lamont Wade Jr. bobblehead. Oh, there we go. So he's got to get back before Saturday. So that might be one of the roster moves we get tomorrow, him coming up, you know, somebody moving down or whatever. Um, But, yeah, I I hate to say it because, like we talk about all the time, we love the guy. Uh, Great defensive right fielder. Um, But when you're not hitting and you've built a team to hit – and not necessarily be a defensive team, that can be troublesome. But but like I said, you can't take him out of the lineup right now because he's one of the only ones making plays out there. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's it's tricky. It's tough to watch, I'll tell you that, because he did get hot. There was a there was a stretch before this ugly stretch um where he where he was starting to heat up. We go, oh, here he comes, here he comes. All right, he's starting to hit. But it just kind of disappeared again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's end it with a good one. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll 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 go good, and and some people may think like ah, you know, we're not in here for for you know, it's all about wins and losses. Who cares about anything else? Yeah. I will say, the Atlanta Braves are a really good baseball team. They are, and if you take if you if you if you sort of pull back and you look at the big picture of what that series was. The Giants were playing with them. They were going toe-to-toe with these guys. And unfortunately, uh, you know, they they just were able to pull games out 
that the Giants weren't. Some of this is that they did it at home. Some of this is that they're just really hot. I, I, I wanted to to see them go in. Uh, you know, the Dodgers came in right after the Giants. I wanted to see them just, you know, rip off three in a row. The Dodgers are good too, so they took two out of three. Yeah, but yeah. you know, the Braves started kind of poorly when the season started. Maybe a little bit of championship hangover, but since then they've been awesome. In every single game in that series, I was like, oh, we're right there. But it's those little things, right? It's the, they have a little bit better uh, of, of, a, of a, you know, last couple relievers in the bullpen. They have a Kenley, a Kenley Jansen, and we don't, right? Right. That, 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 that's, that's just the, the whole thing of it. Uh, they have some guys who were going up there. And we're pretty confident that that they were going to get the big hit, and we just don't have those guys, you know. Especially right now, we don't have those guys. You're just like, oh, let's just wait until the order turns over, because our guys are going to come up and they're going to get knocks. Luis Gonzalez also hurt. He's got the old man injury of of the back thing. He's only 26 though. He shouldn't be having these old man injuries like we talked you, about. No, not at but, all. You know who is who is in this lineup where you're like, ah, we're gonna win this game. X is coming up. There's nobody. There's no Jock is is the one hitter who I think the other team is afraid of. And other than that, they can pitch to anybody. I I truly believe that that's how those teams feel. Yeah, you're right. I, I mean that that that's pretty much it because you're not gonna you're not gonna. Well, we got to pitch to Jock Peterson because Crawford's up next. Well, that's, I mean, and Crawford's hurt right now. But <laughs> yeah. but but before that, it was like, you know, Crawford's just off to a very, very slow. Yeah. Can you even call it a start anymore? Again, we're almost in July. We're, we're heading towards the all-star break. Yep. And, uh, you know, he's still struggling. Uh, lots of injuries, though. And, and again, this team is starting to show its age. Yep. With, you know, Belt, Longoria, Crawford, that's three quarters of your infield, and mm -hmm. they are definitely starting to show their age. We should have kept Solano, right? Because then we'd have the over thirty-five club here pretty, <laughs> pretty soon, right? Yeah, All infield he, over thirty-five club. He was he was back in town this last weekend. Yeah, he had a he had a knock and an RBI yesterday. So, uh, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, you could you could play tough if you could play tough with the good teams. You also have to beat the crappy teams, yeah. and, and you know they're so they played, they hung tough in Atlanta. You know, not ideal weather; it was hot and muggy, and and they played tough, and and they could have walked out of there split two two, but you know, Mac Cheese just wasn't doing his thing. Um, and then you come home and get smoked two out of three by the Reds, and they were and wearing fam got, shirts. I know, man. And they came in, but, and you they, know, they ate our lunch. When you sent that to me too, the picture of them wearing the fam shirts, like I love this stuff. It's yeah. you know, I actually it's, thought it's those fun. shirts were cool. They were pretty neat. I yeah. liked them. If I and didn't then, hate fam as much as I do, I'd get them. So uh, <laughs> uh, the the C the the C the NBC Bay Area crew of uh, Young Kuiper Cole Kuiper, uh, my friend Carmen Q, and I forget the other woman's name who hosts the show. But they wore 
Tommy Pham is bad at fantasy football shirts. Yeah. <laughs> which would have been better if the Giants would have won two out of three, but unfortunately they didn't work. Because right, they're the they're they're the Sunday post game, right? Yeah. Is that what they yeah. do? The Sunday yeah. pregame and post game. Yeah, yeah. So it would have you know if the Giants would have taken two out of three or swept them, it would have been like, oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. It was like, well, that's a nice kind of <laughs> It was fun. Prize they were, they the were trying. They were very sure. much trying. All right. Uh, I know we, we were supposed to end uh, on a good, and we kind of took it. We're, we're cynical. Yeah, we're so cynical, but oh, well. Yeah. But let's move on. Last segment of Tough of week. Show. Tough week. Yeah. yeah. We're going to talk about the two guys each that we are following fairly closely in the minors. I'm going to read some of what Roger Munter has said about both guys as well. Why don't you lead with your two guys? You have Kyle Harrison, who is like really the dandy of the farm system these days. And you also have someone who is hoping to be a dandy once again in Hunter Bishop. But uh, let's talk about where your guys are at. Yeah, so uh, Kyle Harrison. Let me let me pull up the numbers here again. Um, he he got promoted to Double A Richmond. Kind of a little bit of a slow start there. Uh, had a couple of tough outings. Uh, Keith Law did a little write up on him in the Athletic, um, and it seems like he's he's settled down a little bit in Double A. His last three starts, he's uh, thrown eighteen innings, twenty eight strikeouts. Again, I mean just. Just gaudy numbers when it comes to strikeouts for Kyle Harrison so far. Um, 28 strikeouts in 18 innings, eight walks, three earned runs, two of those off of solo home runs in his start yesterday, uh, which which he threw, oh gosh, I think it was about seven innings and struck out 11 yesterday in, in his start. Uh, but Keith Law was writing in his start yesterday, uh, he had riding life on his 92 to 94 mile an hour fastball. So that's always good to see if you're throwing 92 and 94 and it's moving, you could be very, very nasty. We saw that with, um, with Matt Kane back in the day that any kind of movement on your fastball and you're just going to be kind of lights out slider was at 80, 82 with some curveball depth to it. And he said that was just gnarly. There were a couple of, uh, um, Twitter videos of his of his slider dropping in there. I could have sworn it was a curveball the way it, it dropped off the table. Um, so if he can keep that up, then good on him. His changeup was 84, uh, and that was inconsistent. So Kyle Harrison looking every bit the top prospect, one of the top prospects for the Giants uh, in Double A right now. Um, do you worry? Because this is a velo league, right? Mm-hmm. When you see 92 to 94, and we saw this with Bumgarner, but Bumgarner was like closer to like 95 to 97. And by the time he really became Bumgarner, he was sitting low 90s. Harrison's a young kid, so I don't expect the the velocity to dip or anything. But sometimes what happens is, is as these pitchers gain more and more and more innings, they lose some of that. If he loses any more, we're talking about high 80s. I, I kind of worry about that a little bit. Yeah, I'm not too worried about it because I think he actually put on a mile an hour or two once they drafted him. Um, So I think he's still probably a work in progress. You might actually see that go up a little bit. you know, once once he gets because Richmond, you've got some some warmer weather. Mm-hmm. Um, you got some humidity. Once uh, once he gets over to the Pacific Northwest, uh, or or sorry, over to uh, Sacramento, 
Um, you've got low humidity. And then uh, at San Francisco, you got some upper humidity again. I think he can still sit around 93, 94 and stay there for quite a while. It, it's, it's the breaking stuff. And, and again, as long as that, uh, let's say he drops to 90, 92, 89, 91, uh, as long as it's moving, I'm not too worried about it, especially if he's, if he's leaning on some of the breaking ball stuff. Um, no, I think, I, you know, I, I, I don't really see that drop. I'm not an expert when it comes to that type of stuff, but, uh, but I do know that he added a, a mile an hour or two once they drafted him. So, so that's always a good sign. All right. What about Bishop? So Hunter Bishop really kind of been turning things around. Uh, he is in uh, 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 Eugene. I was playing for the Eugene Emeralds. I'll pull up his numbers real quick. Um, I, I like his, uh, I like his splits here. Cause I'm going to pull up April, May, and June. Remember just his April was so, so rough. He started out hitting 145. His OPS was 472 in April. Uh, 21 strikeouts and 55 at bats started to kind of turn things a little, a little around in May, uh, had a 238 average in May, a 703 OPS, um, two home runs, 36 strikeouts and 80 at bats. Uh, and then in June, uh, he's been working with the hitting roving hitting instructors, um, in June, 279, 927 OPS so far in June in, in 23 games. 86 at bat. Strikeouts are still there. But again, you know, Major League Baseball nowadays is a strikeout league. You are going to yeah. strike out. So 28 strikeouts and 86 at bats, but five home runs, 18 runs driven in. His walks are way up too. He's gone from five in April to nine in May and then 11 in June and that OPS up to 927. So really starting to kind of turn things around. Do, do I see him hopping to double a anytime soon? Probably not because of all the time that he's missed over the last couple of seasons. Um, uh, what, what is he? 24. Now I think we, let's see, he was born in 98, just turned 24 years old. Um, so he could finish out this season in, in, in Eugene and then, uh, you know, get a little double A, triple A bump next season, play some double A ball and, and then hop up to triple A. Um, that, that's probably doable. We may see him around 26 years old, uh, a late bloomer, a, a Yastrzemski late bloomer, but, but only because of the injuries and only because of COVID and the season wiped out and everything. So I, I wonder if, Obviously, his trade value these days is pretty low. Yeah. But I wonder if he's doing enough for other teams to look at him going like, okay, like he's possibly getting back to the guy that we thought he he could have been. Um, that would be helpful because, you know, if the Giants are going to be good, they, they may have to trade somebody. So if he is seen, again, you know, again as a possible prospect, with high upside that that could help, especially when it comes to uh, you know, who, who people are, who are wanting from the giants. And I think if you ask them, they probably think, yeah, like Hunter Bishop. Great. Like we, we, we could trade him because he doesn't fit in these plans that we set for him anymore, or at least at this point, but you know, I, I'm pulling for the guy because you always want to see a high draft pick do well because it's, oh, yeah. Both, not only for the team, but for the guy. Like, imagine the pressure of being a high draft pick and things just not going well. 
you want to see those stories, you know, the, the all the hard work pay off. So I always root for guys like Hunter. Uh, so Roger, oh, yeah. Roger said that uh, or when, when the season started, so we're talking about Roger Munter, who has a uh, sub stack. There are giants and rogermunter.substack.com. Uh, I've subscribed to him a lot, you know, mostly for this podcast because we're talking about this stuff, but his hope for Bishop or Bishop in the beginning of the season was just fewer strikeouts. And he wrote that, you know, he's, he's more comfortable in the box and the results are starting to come, but strikeouts are just going to be part of his game. And he thinks low averages will too, but there's a difference between strikeouts being a part of the game and strikeouts being the game like it was with, with Joey Bart. So that's kind of something to keep an eye on with him is, you know, those those Rob Deere like strikeout numbers. That's a callback to 1984. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas Corman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's something to think about for him. Okay. So the two guys that I'm following, uh, Will Bednar, who was their uh, 2021 top pick, he pitched in, uh, he's been pitching in San Jose. I got to see him last year. So if you kind of look at his, overall numbers you're probably pretty you know the back of the baseball card numbers as we say you're probably a little disappointed but if you kind of dig in a little bit more closely there there definitely seems like something of a guy who is trying to figure out you know sort of that next level now his 4.19 era not great but yeah, his 43 innings pitched and only 25 hits looks absolutely fantastic. Then seven home runs in 43 innings doesn't look great. And yeah. neither does 22 walks. The 51 strikeouts looks fantastic. So there's a bit of like a inconsistency with him. And I think the worry and, and I'm going to read from from Roger again. And Roger's been pretty consistent with this. The worry is that he is looking more and more like a reliever than he is like a top rotation guy. And, and those first round draft picks, those are rotation guys, right? You you don't draft Bednar to be a closer or to be an eighth inning reliever. You draft him to be one of your starters of the future. So that's kind of something to look for with him. It's also kind of interesting that they've kept him at single a because I thought, Earlier this season, like, man, I'm going to have to go watch the San Jose Giants very early if I want to see Bednar pitch because he's going to be up in in uh, Eugene like in no time. Nope. Yeah, he's right. still in San Jose. So a uh, little, little, you know, I, I don't know if there's anything to worry about, but if, if he is being looked at in that way, yeah, you know, I'm sure the Giants are like, hey, you know, this is going to be one of our aces, not, you know, our, our eighth inning guy. But he could still be very valuable to the club even if he – turns out to be a reliever because like like we just said you know we could use one of those guys to pair up with Duvall as uh some shutdown innings there okay yeah. and uh, of course i had the easiest one with uh, marco <laughs> luciano who's their top prospect now he's been injured of late so mm-hmm. he hasn't played that much and i don't think he's probably gonna play for at least another week but he is in you know the the high level a and he is hitting 288 with eight jacks in 164 
146 uh, ABs, getting on base, hitting for power. Everything is looking A-OK. And there was a little bit of a worry because when uh, when he – and this is – so this is just um, – yeah, this is just Eugene. So so when he was like uh, – the, the the a little bit of a worry was when he went up last year after killing it in San Jose, you know Eugene wasn't fantastic for him and he struggled a little bit. He only hit two seventeen in in about the same amount of plate appearances and, and at bats as he has now. Uh, so he's made he's made those adjustments and he's played well. And then you know I think I would I would imagine that at some point he does get to Richmond, maybe when he's a little bit more healthy, and then he'll have to make that adjustment again because he is still young. He is only 20 years old. He is their top prospect. He is their ace. They think he's going to be, you know, in, in probably in two years, somebody who, who who makes a big league club. So uh, someone who we should definitely keep an eye on. And for you fans, you know, if you're thinking about, you know, are there any baseball cards of some of these younger guys? Go get yourself some Luciano cards. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and that's always good to see, too. When you see Luciano now putting up the numbers at Eugene that he put up at San Jose last year, natural progression, uh, love to see it. This guy is still, I mean, there's there, there are no signs that point to the fact that he's not going to be a star uh, in, in the majors. So that's very exciting to see. Um, so, so giants fans, when, when, when you're watching this current team and you're going, Oh man, our guys are so old. <laughs> We're here to help you out. <laughs> We're here along with, with Roger and Keith law to look at all this stuff and say, it's going to be okay. I hear, here's our guys that might come up and, and take its place. And like you said about Hunter Bishop too. Uh, so Farhan should be, well, he should be picking up the phone and calling Pittsburgh right now, right? And yeah. say, Bednar, uh, you know, we've got Bishop. Uh, you know, somebody's going to like him at some point. So, so you're right. That's that's good trade bait. I, I hate to talk about guys as trade bait, but, you, you know, that's because especially guys that we like and we want to yeah. see them be successful. We don't want to see him go to Pittsburgh like Brian Reynolds and then yeah. become like a, a really good baseball player. And then we're like, hmm, hey, we, you don't want him back. It wouldn't be, <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be a bad thing to bring Brian Reynolds back. Bring yeah, him home. bring them home uh all right so uh we don't do this enough but i just wanted to quickly mention and and look shout out to roger go check out his sub stack absolutely Uh, we have an interview that we did with him that is in our youtube feed so if you want to check that out uh bspn shows is is the youtube channel to search for bspn shows so um that's the youtube channel as, as you can see, just search for BSPN, Bay Area Sports Podcasting Network. That'll that'll be the easiest way to find it. And you'll see we have a playlist of giant stuff. We we have two other podcasts, so there will be playlists of those shows as well. But to find the giant stuff, you can find our interview with Roger. Also for podcasts, uh, so we have a podcast feed of the BSPN uh, Sports Podcasting Network. If you can find if you can subscribe, that's great for us. Uh, if you can rate us five stars in, in Apple, that's even better. Uh, we can, you know, I, I don't understand that that algorithm that well, but as you can imagine, there are so many, so many podcasts. I will oh, yeah. say there's probably thousands and thousands of podcasts that start every day. And there are thousands and thousands and thousands of podcasts that 
only do like one or two episodes. We've been going strong for 108 episodes, which tells you wow. that you don't have to worry about us uh, cutting out anytime soon. You know, unless, you know, Brad just is like, I'm, re- I'm retiring. I, no, I won no. the lotto. No, Life no. is good. That's you know what? If I retire, about. if I retire, if I win the lotto and I retire, we're, we're, we're going to do two shows. <laughs> so I'm going to have time. So much I'm free time. time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so much free time. <laughs> um, and then again, always, you can find us at Thompson to Clark on Twitter, BSPN shows on Instagram as well. Um, I've been a little lackadaisical on the Instagram stuff just because it's it takes a little bit of, of work to get that stuff yeah. up there. But, you we're know, trying. As, we're trying. It's it's a it's a journey. It's a it's a marathon. Yeah. It's a long thing for us. So we're we're gonna be here for yeah. a little while. Okay. Uh but uh we're also gonna have some time off in the in the next month. So in July, I'm gonna be out for two weeks. I know Brad's gonna be out for a week. We'll try to do as many shows as we can. We may have to go dark one week, but uh just a, a early heads up because you know, we both got families and we got stuff going on, but we are going to try as much to make sure that we don't, I, I don't, have we ever missed? I don't think we've ever missed a week. So, but we're, you know, we've been pretty good yeah, about that. Remember. Maybe we, we may have missed, you know, we may have gone like 10 days between shows, yeah. but we'll, I'll, I'll be we'll up at Lake Tahoe. Uh, maybe when I'm up at Lake Tahoe for my vacation, I'll do it from a dock. Mm. I'll just I'll just sit on a dock and you can see the lake behind me, the blue lake, the mountains awesome. still still snow on it, and the kids jumping off the dock into the water. We'll do that. Maybe I'll have I'll I'll be on my fourth beer by the time. There you go. So. There you go. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But it, it uh, yeah. you know we're we're gonna be here all summer. I think the team's gonna compete. We may even have you know the playoffs is a different animal altogether. So we'll be around, but anyways, just want to throw those things just to, you know, we, we don't mention them as many times as we probably should to get people to make sure they're following all of our socials and everything. And then, you know, Facebook, we also have the Thompson to Clark Facebook group, check those, check all those places out. All right. For Brad, I am double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace. Hey there, I'm Brandon Kelly from the Always Cheating Podcast, co-hosted with my friend Josh Landon. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. What is Blue Wire? Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. And over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised more than $10 million to expand their team, their podcast network, and their business operations. Now they're raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. And it's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be a part of a growing startup. You can invest as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which will in turn help this show continue to grow. So if you'd like to be a part of the BlueWire investment round or want to find out more information, visit WeFunder.com slash BlueWire. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.